This episode is brought to you by Krishna Nose. Good morning. So we are doing the Uddhav Gita. If you recollect, we had started a new chapter. This is chapter sixteen, and we had completed two verses. Now, in these two verses, we had spoken about what is a person supposed to do who is on the path of spiritual. Now, this is basically for those people who are very sincere seekers of spirituality. There are things which they are supposed to do, and there are things which they are not supposed to do. so they are called merits and defects now in the last verse we had done a verse which says the steadfastness to the duties of one's particular sphere is described as merit and the reverse is called a defect this is the criteria about them now when we were discussing this i had very clearly indicated the reasons why an individual is supposed to do the actions which are connected to his own lineage suppose uh, an individual's father or his family is into say retail of cloth or they are into printing they are into uh, say iron that is masonry or whether they are into building they whatever the activity those people are in or maybe a farmer they are supposed to follow that particular line and not take up something which is beyond that that means you cannot expect you are not supposed to have a farmer's son becoming somebody who is not even connected to farming so this is called a defect now in the merit even if you gain nothing that means you you lose everything it is still called a merit in your name you may not even make money while farming as you have seen today in india a lot of farmers are actually suffering quite a lot the dairy farmers have an issue the farmers who are farming you know crops they have issues people those who were doing petty jobs they have an issue there is no money there and yet they are continuing to do that in some places in india where people are doing work on handicrafts you know some people are working on handicrafts some people are working in weaving sector and they have the looms and then they weave now whatever the activity that they are doing even after so many problems connected to money and so on and so forth and yet they are continuing to do that that is called as a merit and if their children they see that their parents are suffering very badly they are not making any money and they say that i don't want to do this and they leave that field and then they go away and they take up something which is quite different maybe they become you know 
somebody in information technology or they join the catering industry or some such kind of a thing that even if they make a lot of money over there they become famous and they have a lot of fan following also yet that is called a defect now this is as per na per the varna the group that they are in and that is the reason why krishna is very clearly saying those words so i have given you a gist of what is there so now we will proceed towards the next verse which we are doing we are starting today this is chapter 16 from the uddhav gita we are doing verse 3 defects and merits it is merits and defects with a view to test the fitness of things purity and impurity merits and defects as well as conduciveness to well being and its opposite are enjoined even with regards to things of the same group for the sake of piety of practice and of the maintenance of life respectively now this is quite a difficult verse for understanding so let us see what sri krishna is telling uddhava he says <clears throat> with a test with a view to test the fitness of things what is the meaning of the word fitness of things when an individual a thing or let us say there is a bull hmm? now why do you use a bull now is the bull meant for milky not at all the cow yes of course we use milk from the cows now are they fit enough for that the fitness of things i just give you an example of animals objects in this world also today is ayudh puja today we celebrate a day where we pray to the implements and things which give us our money which gives us our livelihood suppose you are a soldier you will take out your gun or whatever that is there which which you use and then you put it and you pray for it suppose you are a writer an author a painter a sculptor or whatever then you take your tools as well as the objects and keep them in your prayer room or keep them in clean the place up nicely and pray to that suppose you are working in some factory now the factory is the one which is giving them their food so you pray to the machines now you may say why should we do that now there are lots of people who are not using this kind of implements but they are using mobile phones or they are using computers laptops you know ipads or whatever the small screen ones if that is the way in which you make your living then you pray to that if you write with a pen you can pray to that if whatever that you do 
Ayudh Puja is meant for that purpose. We honor the things which give us our livelihood. So today you will find that in the villages, farmers will pray to the plows, to the you know bullock carts and maybe the tractors. Nowadays they have tractors, they have implements and various kinds of things. So depending on whichever industry that you are in, you have to do that. So here, with a view to test the fitness of things, purity or impurity, merits and defects, as well as conduciveness to its well-being and opposite are enjoined, even with regards to things of the same group. Now, in the same category, when we are talking of things, what are the things? The things could be related to, let us say, just now, at this given moment in time, what is the most important tool which I said for a farmer? Now, he might have graduated from a bullock, you know, a bullock driven uh, plow to a tractor, to a harvester, you know, the big machines. In the olden times, he might have been making things with his old, you know, hand whatever, uh, you know, threshing and cutting and all that. But nowadays he is using machinery. So with regards to time and place, what is he supposed to do? The current objects are those, isn't it? The latest objects that are there, the latest harvesters, the latest, uh, uh, say, the tractors and all. In olden times, a man would write on paper, Today he doesn't do that. He uses computers and he stores it in the cloud somewhere. <laughs> so I'm not saying that you have to go in the cloud and pray to the cloud. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, yes, you can do that. So related to time in today's day and age, place, where are you? Now at some places you will find that flowers are not available. Things which you want, Ganga water is not available. Now here in Bangalore, I don't think there is Ganga water available. So what do you do? Again, isn't that a big question? Likewise, you will find that some space. Now you may be staying in a flat, you know, a condo, a flat, a place, you know, a house. Depends. Olden times they were staying in thatched roof houses. Now those thatched roof houses are just... For the pictures, you know, <laughs> for shooting some things. Otherwise, they are not there. Travel has changed. Everything has changed. So, with regards to time, place, objects, everything changes. Now, again, way back in time, there were people were acting on a stage. Isn't it? In the villages, they had festivals where there was a stage built or maybe in the village square, they would have actors coming and doing the roles. Then came the motion pictures. Everything came on the screen, big screen. After that came the smaller screen, which is called the television. Nowadays, you can see the stuff even on your 
phones, isn't it? So the whole thing has changed. See, the things have changed, people have changed, actors have changed, everything has changed. And this change is what we are talking about. Now, next thing. The merits and defects are connected to various other objects. Like say for example, in the olden times, a person could sit. If he was interested in becoming a spiritualist, he would go to the Himalayas, right? And he would be roaming around with his barefoot, going to the Himalayas, staying over there. Nowadays, Himalayas is very crowded. Even Mount Everest is crowded. I mean, there is no place which is left behind by these people. Everybody, everybody wants to go for tourism. If it is not tourist, then it is the army over there <laughs> or the enemy over there. Everything has changed. So, you can't go to Mount Kailash and sit over there like in olden times. Can you go and do that? No. I don't think it is possible. Right? So, you have to honor the time, the place, the location. Even today what has happened is related to whatever we speak. If you ask a modern person about a mantra, he is not able to say anything. I will give you a very simple example. A person, a Christian, is marrying a Sikh. Okay? A Sardar. But these people follow a different tradition. Now this person who is marrying is from a different community. The, the son that they, the person that she is marrying, his parents may be coming from some community, but he is an atheist. Now you tell me, what happens to them? How do you follow religion? Isn't that a big question mark there? You know, recently there was a controversy regarding an ad. But this is the call. This is today. Things are happening like this. People from different communities are getting married. Their children don't know which religion to follow. Even a superstar of India, he's a Muslim. His wife is a Hindu. Then what happens to the children? So, there is a question mark there. And that question mark cannot be understood. So this is called the merit and the defect connected to that particular thing called the religious following. What are we supposed to do? So did you get this? All these things are there. And in everything there is a positive and a negative. There is a merit and there is a defect. Everything has to be seen from the point of purity and impurity. Today, instead of using Ganga water, somebody says, no, let us take, you know, the distilled water, the bottled water that is there. It is absolutely pure. Are we talking of that purity or are we talking of Ganga's purity? I want you to think about it. Ganga water which comes from 
the river Ganga or from the Himalayas is called the pure water, isn't it? But it is the most contaminated one. Whereas the bottled water is absolutely pure. There are no germs in it. There are no sedimentation. There is nothing in it. It is pure. H2O. Now, tell me, what is purity in that? And what is impurity? Aren't these the questions which you also have? In your own life, you are at a, at a place where a lot of stuff becomes very confusing. Should I do this or should I do that? Isn't it? Then he talks about conduciveness to well-being and its opposite are enjoined with regards to thing of the same group. Now, what is this group that he is talking about? Now, let us take, like I gave you just now so many examples. I want you to think again. There are people in own group. Hmm? Now, there are lots of people who are joining a group which is going towards the Himalayas. They are doing a trek to the Himalayas. Now, in that, this is a, just an example. Think about it. They are saying that we will do all the four dhams and after that we will go to this place and that place. Now in this group, half of the group is actually pious religious. Okay? The rest of the half is interested in only seeing that place as a tourist place. They are not interested in the spirituality of the place. They just want to understand what is the touristy thing that they can see. While they are walking down the Himalayan range, they want to photograph. They want to enjoy the scenery around. Then they want to see the people. They there are some photographers, there are some writers, there are some people who want to just come. And they just want to go along and see for themselves. Now think about it. What happens to that? Now are, are there defects? And are there merits also? Yes. Now so many pluses and minuses have come together. There is something that needs to be done. And what is that thing needs to be done? We have to understand what is it that is conducive towards going towards the devotional path and what is not conducive. Got that? Yesterday we were doing a lesson where I was talking about if you are in the company of people who drink, there are some four or five friends and you have joined them. When you go along with them, what happens? And maybe you are not drinking. What they will do? Come on man, have a little, have a little, have a little, have a little. Have a little. Finally, you succumb to it and you say, okay, I'll have a little sip, you know. And then later on you say that, oh, I never drink, you know. I just accompanied them. I just, a little, little, only this much of sip, like this I did. Is it a merit or a defect? So person will say, I have not drunk. 
I don't even, I'm not even a drunkard, you understand? I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. You see, when we were sitting in a group and they were just passing along that cigarette or that, you know, that uh, loaded thing, and then somebody gave it to me and they said, hey, smoke little man. So I said, okay, I did like this and I gave it to the next person. I am not a person, I am not a druggie. Now, the person may say this and may get out of it. But sorry sir, there is a defect in that. I will give you the understanding yesterday I have given, so today I will repeat it for you once again. I gave an example of a fruit called Pasima. Now many people haven't even heard of this fruit. Some people haven't heard of dragon fruit. Now let us say dragon fruit. Now how does dragon fruit taste? Hmm? So, take a little bit of it, put it in your mouth. Hmm. So have you seen the dragon fruit? Yes. Have you put it in the mouth? Yes. Now, after that, you don't even see it or touch it and you not even go near it. But many years later, you see the fruits in the markets over there. Do you know what they are? Yes. Do you know the taste of it? Yes, of course. You have not forgotten the taste of something that you have just touched it to your lips also or to your tongue also. Have you forgotten? Not at all. So it's exactly like that. A little bit also, the memory gets retained. Our mind retains all that. You may say that I am not contaminated. Sorry, you are. You have even tasted this much or taken one drag. That is a problem. You know what it is. You have tasted it. And if you have done that, then you cannot say, I don't know. And you cannot get out of it. So this is the meaning of the word defect. It is called the defect. Even a small misdemeanor. This is not a court where a person says, oh, this is only his first offense, you know. He has gone and first time, first time in life, he has gone and robbed somebody. No, no first time. You know, if it is the first time, the person is going to do second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time also. And that is the reason why a man is not supposed to do those things. First, you should not be in the company of people. Those who are going to tempt you and cajole you and make you do those things, don't even be in their company. That by itself is the defect. If I keep a rotten mango in a box full of good mangoes, you know, because of one rotten fruit, all the other fruits get rotten. So now do you get the point? 
And that is the reason why never be in the company of this kind of people. Now let us go in the reverse direction which is called the merits. If you are a spiritual person, you want to be on the path of spiritual. And when you join some people who are spiritual by themselves, they are singing songs or they are doing bhajans or kirtans. It changes the inner being of yours completely. I have given you the story of the robber who tells his son not to go inside a temple anytime. He goes inside the temple and sits over there when he has robbed somebody. The police come and arrest him but they can't find the stuff on him. He is taken. At that point in time when he is arrested, there was a bhajan going on. And in the bhajan, it was mentioned that God is omnipotent, omniscient and all that. And God can go anywhere. Normal human beings throw a shadow on the wall. God is not like that. So he has heard only this much version of it and now he is arrested, he goes to jail. The king asks the soldiers, where did you find this fellow? He is refusing to you know, take the charge. He says, I have not done anything wrong, I am not a robber. So he is put in jail and he is asked, he denies everything. The king's men tell the king that he was sitting in a temple when we caught him. That means he must be a very pious person. So the king says, okay, then we will do one thing. We will put a dress of a goddess, you know, on a person, a woman, and we will send him, we will send her to his cell. And then let her ask. So this lady goes there in the night. Okay. There are lights there, but little night, night time. She goes over there to the cell and then she tells him, I am this goddess. Why are you telling lies? You have robbed. So he was about to tell something and then he sees on the wall, there is a shadow of this person on the wall. He immediately realizes that the person is a human being dressed like a goddess. So he immediately says, no, I have not robbed, I am truthful. And then the king lets him go. But because he says that he is truthful and even the goddess has proved that, woman goddess has proved that he is telling the truth, he is let go. Then he realizes that because he had gone to the temple, by just hearing those words, so much good came out of it. He was able to become a great robber after that. <laughs> the moral of the story is, if you go to a temple also, or if you listen to a satsang, naturally that rubs on you. So when you are in the company of good people, you also become good. That is the idea. So finally later on in life, this robber leaves everything and becomes a saint. And that's the end of the story. <laughs>
So again, depending on the place. So what is the merit and what is the defect? I hope you understood this. It is in related to four things, he says. For the sake of piety, of practice, and maintenance of life, and regards to things. So these are the four things <laughs> which we have to take into consideration. We have to understand with regards to piety, what is the right and what is the wrong stuff. As regards to practice, there are certain practices. See, even in spiritual, there are lots of practices. Another example. There are too many things that uh, the spiritual people are told to practice. You know what they are told to practice? They are told, we are doing tantra. Okay, we are doing mantra. We are doing yogasana. We are doing pranayama. Uh, too many things. Kriya yoga. And you may not even be from that part. <laughs> so in case of Ramakrishna Paramahansa, there was a very beautiful story that happened in front of him. There was a person who came to visit him. Now he was from the Kartabja sect. Kartabja sect. Now in that particular sect, the woman, there are women and men together. And they consider the man, a man, who is not even their husband. Okay, who is not related. They consider that person as their Krishna. And they not only indulge in whatever acts that are there, but they indulge in all kinds of activities which are not even, pro it's a prohibited activities. Considering that person as Krishna and themselves as gopi. So Ramakrishna Paramahansa tells this person, I say, you are from Kartavja said, you know. It's not good, you should never go to a woman's house. Oh, that woman tells me to sit on her lap. Okay, don't even do that. <laughs> he's a young boy, so he's telling him that. So there are certain sects also, there are certain religious beliefs, there are certain pathways. Now, whether that pathway is right or wrong, some pathways are wrong. They should not be followed. There are defects in that path. The whole world is trying to become yoga experts, you know, in across the world. And in the yoga, they are talking about a different marg, a pathway. That pathway is not correct. Indulging in forbidden acts is not good there. And they are trying to do that. I can tell you something. In a particular path, you are not even supposed to, you know, indulge in that action and release your body fluids. You're not even supposed to do that. And yet these people are indulging in that and calling it by the name of yoga. Tantra yoga. What tantra yoga are you talking about? That is a defect in the path which they are following because they are, whoever is teaching them is wrong. You can't follow those kind of things in this world. 
And this is the reason why Krishna has said to Uddhava, these are so many things which I have told you, which constitute the defects and the merits connected to that different, different sections. The things are there. You have to be very careful with the things that we use. Secondly, he says about piety, for the sake of piety, we can use stuff. Like I said just now also, that example. Third one, practice and then the maintenance of life. For the maintenance of life, people will say, you know, oh, I don't get any money while doing this action, you know. I told you right at the beginning of this satsang, there are certain things which you are forced to do, which your path is on that. You may not even know why it is so. There is a lot of correction that has happened in this last one year's time. You know, from last December onwards, a lot of correction has happened. Something which is completely never heard of happened. The whole world got affected by a virus. The whole world. Lots of people who had gone to the cities to work their living over there, you know, earn a living over there, are now back in their villages and the places where they come from. Some of them have shifted to their age-old trade. Whatever their parents used to do. Remember, they were saying there is no money in that. But today they are forced to do those things. That is the way in which Prakriti changes the course. Just like it changes the course of a river, in the same way it changes the course of life and you may not even realize that. You have heard of children who have gone to the city and they have started doing some jobs over there. But by the time they are 30, 40, 50 years old, they get completely disillusioned and they feel disgusted with what they are doing. And then they go back to their parents and then they say, I would like to join your business or I want to join your activity. Have you seen that? I'm sure you have heard about these things. There are lots of businessmen whose sons have said, I don't want to become like my father. And they might have gone and done something completely different. But later on, destiny brings them back to where they were supposed to be. Many a times in my world also, people refuse to do things. When I tell them, you have to do this, they refuse to do. I'm guiding them on the path and telling them that this is the right thing they are supposed to do. Go do that. Their reluctance in doing those kind of things is visible. They refuse to do that. But destiny finally gives them a tight slap and brings them back to where they are supposed to be. Why do you want that thing to happen? If you allow the destiny to push you back to that direction, then you are under karmic action. Alright? So, I hope you understood this entire thing. So, we will move to the next verse. We are doing chapter 
16 from the Uddhava Gita and this is verse 4. O sinless one, for those to whom piety is but a burden, I have laid down the above rule of conduct. So, it's a single line which tells you that these are the rules of the game which I have laid down. So, you are actually being told that this is what you are supposed to do. So, in this verse, I will explain to you certain things which he is explaining to Uddhava. For the sake of piety, where it becomes a burden for a person. Now, what is this burden? In today's day and age, people are thinking that they should not celebrate Diwali. They should not celebrate the festivals. Today is a very important day and they will still say, ah, it's not a big deal, you know, why should I celebrate this day? Waste of money, waste of time, waste of everything. I don't want to wear good clothes, I just want to wear horrible clothes. And it's, uh, I don't believe in all this nonsense. Well, you will be pulled by their ears and you will be made to do those things. Many years ago, I met a couple. Both the husband and the wife, though they came from a very good family, they had completely stopped doing all these kinds of functions. They did not believe in Diwali, Dashara, Holi, all this. They said, we don't want to do. We are the modern couple, you know. We are working and making a lot of money. And today, the state is such that their children are telling them about spirituality. Isn't it funny? And their children, who are now growing up, you know, they are growing up. So they are looking at all these spiritual channels and they are telling their parents, Dad, Mom, we are supposed to do this. We are supposed to do that. We should be celebrating this. We should be celebrating that. The parents are ignorant. The children have become knowledgeable. This is the way in which destiny takes you to that direction. You can't even say how it works. People use these kind of platforms, you know, spiritual platforms for doing all kinds of wrong things. Like say for example, in certain places in this world, all these Hindus come together in a temple and all that, they celebrate some big functions, you know, celebrations, they have some grand occasions and what do they do over there? They are looking for hookups. They will say, oh, this girl looks nice. And the girl will look, oh, this is a handsome dude. Where does he work? Oh, he works in the top four, you know, firms. I should go and meet him. And this is the way in which they use this temple premises for hookups. Let me assure you, today you do that. 
You are like that robber in that first case. In that story which I gave you in the last verse. Don't worry. You will be pulled by your ears and brought to the same place. Okay? <laughs> your hookups are going to be costly to you. Why do you think that is the case? See, you cannot deride a spiritual thing. Just because you are an educated person and just because you feel that, you know, all the great uh, people in the world who give fantastic speeches have become atheists. The reason why they have become atheists is because they really don't know about God. Their knowledge about God is zero. They know rituals because they have seen their family members do that. They have seen some do's and don'ts. Why? You can't do this, you can't do that. This is to be done, that is to be done. And because they are in a state of, you know, a revolutionary kind of an activity, as a, oh, we don't want to do this. But nobody has explained to them why people do those kind of things. Now do you understand why do you require a spiritual master for that? It's because this kind of basic stuff has to be taught to these people. They're ignorant to the core. You can go and ask your own parents, by the way. Those who are there, please go and ask your own parents. Their knowledge of spirituality will be the basest level, in the lowest level. Why? Because the only thing that they know, oh, we go to the temple. We do all these kind of activities. But spirituality has nothing to do with going to the temple and doing those activities. <laughs> that is a different world. Spiritual world is different than that. Spiritual is about inside of you, not outside of you. Got it? Have you not seen an example which is there in front of you last 100 years? Swami Vivekananda, we know him so well. Isn't it? Now this Swami Vivekananda, though he used to go to meet Ramakrishna Paramahansa, but he was from the Brahmo Samaj. He never believed in the form that was there, Kalima. Never believed in it. Got the answer? Today also, if you go to some of these big temples which they have built, there is no Kali in that. If you go to the Ramakrishna mission over here, you will find the image of Ramakrishna Paramahansa, Shardama and Swami Vivekananda over there. But no Kali there. Ramakrishna Paramahansa's entire life went in Ma. So do you see the difference there? I am not saying that they are bad or good. I am just telling you how the world changed. The idea that nobody has any clue what God is all about. Ramakrishna Paramahansa could see God. How many people can actually tell you about God? This is the big question. There are people in this world, they are talking about rituals. 
do this do that do this do that put one malas put this put one big tikka over there and but nobody has seen god just a kind of a, you know herd mentality you understand herd mentality do this puja do that thing do this kind of an activity but no real god there nobody has seen nobody has heard also and that is the reason why it is important to get the actual feel of it so in this verse krishna is say i am talking about these kind of things which are affecting the world O sinless one, for those to whom piety is but a burden, I have laid down the above rule of conduct. So there are rules of conduct which we spoke about, the merits and the defects. You cannot do something which is not in correlation to your swadharma. Your swadharma says one thing, if you do any other thing, that is a defect. And that is the rule which he has kept. Now let us move to verse 5. Chapter 16 from the Uddhav Gita verse 5. Earth, water, fire, air and ether are five common factors of the bodies of all beings from Brahma down to the tree etc. And they are equally connected with a soul. Right. Now, when the word a soul comes into the picture, let me give you an understanding. There is only one soul. Only one. There are no two. That one soul is called the Paramatma. What is it called? Paramatma. Now in the Paramatma, there are supposedly souls. S-O-U-L-S. That is not correct. You can't go and chop a piece down, a big paramatma into small souls, 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 souls. No. No. You can't do that. So what is inside of every individual? Now you are having supposedly a soul. It is called the jivatma. Okay. Jiva and atma. Two words combined. You are that Atma in that Atma, but you are that Jiva. Alright? You are that thing which is alive. Otherwise you would not be listening to me. <laughs> See? <laughs> if the Jiva Atma leaves your body, you are dead fellow. <laughs> so, <laughs> since you are listening to me and you are hearing me, so there is a Jiva inside of you. <laughs> Now all this along with the body. The body is a combination. Body is that which we call as the bottle. It's a bottle in which this Jeevatma is there. In English we call it the spirit soul. Spirit soul. There is only one soul. Super soul. God Almighty as they call it in English. Individuals have the spirit soul. Why the spirit soul? Because you are an essence of that big soul. Likewise you are an essence of the big Atma, Paramatma. Essence, little. Just a whiff of it. 
<laughs> not the real stuff just a whiff of it you know you understand no suppose you, there is a girl walking from nearby i'm saying girl because there are lots of youngsters around over here so she is wearing a nice perfume you can get a a whiff of that perfume does it mean that that perfume is on you no you are getting an essence of that perfume a little smell likewise somebody is cooking bajias you know making bajias in the kitchen you know the smell can reach right outside the gate also <laughs> you, the moment you are coming home ah nice bajia smell is coming it's raining outside and bajias and you know chai is the best thing those who are mumbaikers will know what i'm talking about <laughs> oh vada paavs you know hot vada paavs you know on a rainy day very nice to eat so ah you can get the smell you get enticed by it isn't it that is called essence of it actually that vada paav or that bajia is not in your hand still what it but you get the smell you can get a feel of it think like that the soul is like that but the spirit is the one which makes you do those things what what is it making you do i want to have it you know that kind of a flavor and that kind of a thing which tells you i want to have that object like that and all this body comprises of five elements basic five elements which is described i think in all our scriptures right so what are the five elements earth water fire air and ether okay these are the five common factors in everything can go and see see got the answer in everything these five common factors are there one of them actually exists either 1 2 3 4 or all five in the living body that is you me and the animals and all all five are present hmm? because we live in space so ether is there right water is there right air is there fire is there fire doesn't mean you are burning from somewhere no fire means that which is used for doing your digestion and all those kind of things. that is also fire okay like that all this earth is there so all these beings down to brahma and to the tree they are equally connected with a soul equally connected with a soul so whether it is brahma ji who is the god of he creates objects isn't it he is the one who is called the creator brahma ji so that brahma ji to a tree to a small bird twitty bird or to a small worm or an ant also everything in this world is connected to these five elements actually it's a start of a very big lengthy explanation so this is just the beginning of it now he is going to give us an understanding of the subject we'll move to the next verse verse 6 chapter 16 uddhav gita uddhava 
Though their bodies are thus similar, yet for their own good, the Vedas have fashioned diverse names and forms for them. Take these five elements, put them together, and from that you can concoct different different creatures. Now, I will give you a very deeper understanding of this subject. Let us say you are a human being. Correct? Now, you are a human being which comprises of all these five elements in you. So, the basic five elements are there. Let us move slightly towards science. Now, when I go towards the science, or rather genetics for that matter, you know, there are those four, okay, proteins connecting with a phosphate bond, right? All of you have that, but your genetic material, though it is the same, yet it is different. You are not the same as your brother, including, now suppose you all are twins. Even the twins are not the same. Though the material is the same, material is the same, yet you are different. So there are finer nuances and finer differences that have been created. One ant looks like another ant. Have you seen that? One ant looks like another ant. But do you think that that ant and this ant has got the same structure? There has to be a genetic change, a little minor here and there changes are there. That is the reason why this ant will be different than that ant. See, if I put two dogs together, okay, even if they are clones, even if they are cloned, you know, nowadays cloning is possible. And I tell them, I keep food in front of them and I tell them, eat this food. One dog may eat the food, the second may not eat the food. But as per the basic structure, both are supposed to eat the food, isn't it? Both are supposed to do the same activity. But yet one is eating, the other is not. Even if it is a clone. Like I said, even if you all are twins. Or whatever, fraternal twins or whatever you want to call them. Yet you will not do the same thing. Why? Because there are finer changes there. So all animals are not the same. Likewise, all human beings are not the same. So don't even try to think that I am same as another person. Not at all. You will have some similarity, but not everything is same, same. Got it? This is the meaning of the words. Everything might be similar. Hmm? So all tigers will look the same. All lions may look the same. But are they the same? No. Similarly, all Indians may look the same to foreigners. You know, foreigners will look at Indians and say, hey, everybody looks the same. Brown skin, they will call them. You think brown skin? Like if you look at the Chinese, all the Chinese, for us Indians, I can't make out the difference between one person and another person because I do not have that kind of a understanding of them. Because for me, everybody looks the same. But there are differences, aren't there? So this is the meaning of the word when he says that there are these differences, 
that have been set aside. And the Vedas have fashioned diverse names and forms for them. The Vedas, the, the actual, the framework, the, the block on which everything has got been made. Everything got made by Vedas into consideration. You know, that is the framework. Now, I use the framework and then I make stuff. Though, let us say, I am taking one mold and from the mold I am printing out things. See, I will tell you something, how it is done. I will take one seed. Okay, I plant the seed. It will give me a fruit. That fruit will give me a seed. Do you think that seed and that seed is the same? No. <laughs> Though it belongs to the same tree, the seed is different. This is the way in which Vedas have fashioned things in the future. So the future has been fashioned out like that. It is diverse. It is not the same. Likewise, names also cannot be the same. Can I call everybody by the same name? I can't, isn't it? Nowadays there is a company, you know, Boston Dynamics they call it. And you have seen that, that uh, you know, that robot with that fellow, he does all the black back flips and front flips and all kinds of flips he is doing and he jumps and he runs like that. Okay, so can I call him robot? Yes, but if there are 10 of them, I have to call them robot 1, robot 2, robot 3. Otherwise, how will I make out the difference? Do you get the point? If I cannot make out the difference, who has come and done something? Who will know? That is why Vedas have created this differentiation in men and things. Even if the seed comes from the same plant, that means even if your genetic material comes from the same place, it is not going to be the same. There is going to be differences. This has been written in the Vedas. So, being an introduction to a new subject, first we have covered the merits and the defects which is there with every individual. If you are coming from a particular thing, why do we have to follow them? I can't have a mango tree giving me a guava. Can I have that? No, no. <laughs> Can I have a brinjal giving me a karela? I mean, just imagine. I am going to plant a brinjal. You know, brinjal means egg plant. And when I plant it, from it comes a bitter gourd. I paid for a brinjal, I got a bitter gourd. Tomorrow you will go and ask for one, one thing in a restaurant and they will give you another thing. Is it allowed? No. <laughs> so there is a system. There is a thing which has been brought into play. So if you are coming from a brinjal tree, you better give me brinjals only. Okay. And don't give me a bitter gourd. Otherwise I will get into trouble. <laughs> got the point. So this is what is written in the Vedas. And this is the thing that we got to follow. So today was just an introduction of the topic. It's a new subject. And we are going to go deeper into this subject in the tomorrow onwards and maybe in the coming weeks. So let us stop over here. Have a very great Ayod Puja. Have a great day today. And I will see you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye.